I realized watching these movies during the second one that maybe I'm getting sick of watching franchises. <laughs> <laughs> That many um, shows with. I think we've started the show. Okay, guys. So we're doing Die Hard, right? (laughs) 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 I was going to make more of a big deal out of the introduction. (laughs) Oh, sorry, I've forgotten the format. I was going (laughs) to. You go to London for a month. (laughs) (laughs) It's me, Scout. I'm back from London. Yeah, who, was your, who was your English bank robber guy you came up with a few weeks ago? Oh, yeah. Uh, Ray Steels. It was me, Ray Steels. <laughs> I'll steal your heart and steal your wallet. Wasn't he um, the lead in, in a trilogy? Or what was it? Oh, he was a, wasn't he James Bond? You're, you're an no. alternate James Bond? No, it was... Oh, James, I'm thinking of James Boone? Yeah. John, John, John Boone. John, John Boone. Boone. Or are you thinking of the Jamaican spider? <laughs> We got a bunch of characters here on uh, Would You Like Franchises? Is that? Join this Throwback Thursday where yeah. <laughs> uh, John yeah. Boom, I think <laughs> As Callan just said, this is Would You Like Franchise with That? Uh, the one and only podcast where we dissect entire film franchises. There's probably others. There's probably a few others. Maybe better ones. Yeah, but we're... We're yeah. pretty good though. <laughs> we're doing okay. Um, and as Callan said, when as Callan mentioned earlier, we're not exactly sure what the... Uh, technicalities are of calling something a franchise and being allowed to watch it but we'll probably break that down a little bit later uh cole welcome back thank you guys hope you good to one. be back how was your trip oh yeah it was fantastic fantastic we watch a lot of um uh premier league football oh, or soccer it. as some people call it that's kind of like a franchise isn't it uh, sequels, <laughs> sequels to games <laughs> Can we talk about that? Is it one of the wrong, longest running franchises of all, really? That's a, that's a good point, actually. Um, the original it's franchise. Thrilling. Uh, there's, Let's stop there's talking. There's heroes yeah. and villains. <laughs> I hate football. Uh, come on, let's talk about football. Um, no, it was really good. Really good to see. Uh, but uh, no, we're talking movies. We're talking movies. We're <laughs> talking a particular set of movies, yeah. which I fucking love. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. So we watched Die Hard. And then we died harder with Die Hard 2. <laughs> that's not the tagline for it. No, is it? it's not. It's okay. Die Harder. Die it is, Hard it is two, Die Harder. Die Harder. But it's not it? like it's not subtitled Die Harder. Die Harder. At that the was airport. like the, that was like the poster line. <laughs> die Harder. They go into stupid names later on in this series. Live free or die hard. And then die Hard else. 4.0. A good day to die hard. Is that one? Yeah. I think. I think there was. I think it was called. Live free or die hard in America, or mm. and die hard. Die hard four point Yeah, there's a few of those mm. things. What do we? What was another movie we talked about that had that different titles in different places? Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. Okay, so die, die hard four point <laughs> oh. 
Like, I just love how they're like, we're in the future now, right? Like, this is an action movie with yeah, technology. As, as opposed to Die Hard 3.9. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Uh, Die Hard Mavericks. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sue, Die Hard uh, 1. Um, on Christmas Eve, Grumpy New York... New York. Grumpy New York. Grumpy New York cop arrives... Um, John McClane. Should have even written his name. Grumpy New York cop John McClane arrives in Los Angeles to attend the Nakatomi Christmas party and attempts to rekindle his relationship with his estranged wife. Uh, he's given the chance of a lifetime to win her back by saving her from a deadly group of terrorists. But can he save their relationship? A game of cat and mouse ensues between John and the international team of mercenaries eager to get a hold of $640 million worth of bearer bonds in the company's safe. John dodges henchmen left and right and proves that he loves his wife. John's one friend on the outside, Powell, can't even help him because his lieutenant believes John could be working for the terrorists. Eventually, he gets the bad guys at the end. Uh, <laughs> and <yeah>. the girl. <laughs> Is there more to it than that? I, I think we should mention Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. I was going to mention him, and I think that's why I picked the series. Um, mm. Well, at least the first movie. Yeah. For... Uh, Alan Rickman, who died when I was in London, where he's born. Mm. And also Bowie died Bowie when I was in well. London. It was very strange, strange time to be in London. Mm. Um, sad times. Was, it, he's your, so was good. it your fault? <laughs> I don't know. Can we, can we speculate? I had to get out of there before. Well, let's, another let's just say that you've stopped being in London and has any English people yeah, died no one's this done. week? Like, not as far as I know. Mm. But that's related for sure. So Rickman, Snape. Mm. Um, Gruber He's so good in this He is so good in this and, Ha 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 <laughs> <laughs> I had completely forgotten um, How good he was uh, But also there's a scene Where he pretends to be just a businessman mm. Yeah mm. Um, And I just thought Oh my god he's so diabolical And yeah, so like yeah. and Good at that Yeah And he's like The character he's playing Is also a really great actor Yeah yeah, that's true. Because the character he's playing is playing a character for pretty much the whole movie. Because yeah. he's not actually a, a terrorist. He's yeah. a high stakes bank robber yeah, guy. Yeah. Mm. But then in this you know, specific scene where he pretends yeah. to be in a movie, yeah. So it's an act within an act. Yes. Mm. Layers. Layers. So I like Die Hard. Do you like Die Hard? Uh, I like the first and the third. Mm. I don't. I think the fourth one was like. You could take John McClane out and it could be anything. Well, I yeah. think you could say that about the second one. Yeah, the second one as well. And um, arguably the first. Oh! A lot of raised eyebrows around this table now, Cal. I said arguably. A lot of raised eyebrows. Let's argue. I think, like, the little bits that make John McClane um, unique are he's, mm. like, talking to himself and he's, like, sort of quirky in that way and he's, like, yeah. a bit rough around the edges. Yeah, yeah. sure. But, but okay. it works for the first one yeah. and the third one. The second one is like, what? Yeah. So, the first one was based off a novel that was a sequel to another novel called mm. The Detective. Mm. And The Detective got made into a movie uh, with Frank Sinatra in it in the 60s. And they were going to make uh, this sequel movie of it with Frank Sinatra, but it kind of didn't pan out. Mm. Um, and then they were going to make it into a sequel 
for Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. And so Die Hard was going to be Commando 2 starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm. That didn't work out because Schwarzenegger went off to do Predator instead. And instead, mm-hmm. they ended up getting Bruce Willis in it and they kind of decided to change the tone a little bit and yeah, make right. it more of a uh, comedy because mm-hmm. Bruce Willis previously uh, been in a TV show and won like romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's interesting because that's kind of what really sets Die Hard apart and kind of really sets the tone for the action movies of pretty much all of the 90s yeah. is the more um, relatable everyman hero mm. rather than your, your Stallones or your, your Schwartzies. Yeah, mm. that's what I was thinking about because I, I think watching Die Hard was what made back in the day. I didn't see it obviously when it first came out because I was one, but when I, when I eventually did see it, I think that was watching Die Hard. I actually realized, like, oh my god, I love action movies. Yeah, and <laughs> was, I love action, I love I action, action movie guy. Yeah, um, and it's watched like John McClane. He's his thing is he's always in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, which which goes through for the first four movies, which is mm. why they're quite good. But then we'll get to this in the last in the fifth one. Mm. The fifth one. Uh, have you guys seen the fifth one? No. I've only seen the first three. Right. Is that the one where he goes to Russia? Yeah. He yeah. goes to he Russia. Go, he goes he's up seeking and it seeks out. It out. Yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, the same thing happens to a lot of these franchises. Like Rambo, the first Rambo is just like yeah. he's in the town and mm. he's trying to defend himself. And then like towards mm. the end of the series, like, we got to send John Rambo in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even though in the first movie, he's like attacking police. Yeah. The first movie is like. Why are we talking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen Rambo. You haven't seen Rambo? No. Oh, Rambo, Rambo, like First Blood. First yeah. Blood is great. Which was just yeah. called First Blood. Exactly. It so it's another good. one of those ones where they kind of retrospectively right. change it mm. to be. First mm-hmm. Blood is so different to all the sequels. Right. It's not, I mean, it is an action movie, but it's more of a, it's almost like Taxi Driver or something. It's okay. like a man being, a man with a past pushed. being yeah, pushed yeah, to yeah, the yeah. limits and kind of breaking. Um, yeah. That's a. That's it's interesting how they do that too. I mean, Chronicles of Riddick did the same yeah, thing. They yeah. they kind of take what it was originally not supposed to be like a franchise, and then they kind of, I don't know, um, caricaturize the main character, yeah, or like yeah. just simplify it and make it something that's like easier to serialize. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm. So, the, like you're saying, um, he's a guy who's in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, the second one, I couldn't excuse it for that. Like, just just him, like, getting involved at the very start of the second one yeah. is, like, so hard to believe. And I think there's a yeah. few lines that kind of wink to that as well. He's like, what are the chances yeah. that yeah. this happens yeah. again? And it happens, like, two or three times. He's Watching like, the second one, mm. I wasn't sure, like, things like that. I wasn't sure if the second one is a meta self-referential, like, one of those sort of movies. Well, I just feel it's... It might be the fact I was sitting there watching it. I'm like, it's so far. The second one is so far into the action movie tropes yeah. of the characters and the way they talk. Yeah. And I think I've been, I might be exposed to too many of those sort of movies recently yeah. that I can't, I can't differentiate between the two anymore. Yeah. It's, mm. And I mean, it's the same is true of the first one because you watch the first one again now, mm. like, and the first one was so influential. Like, mm. you know, yeah. it really did define the next 10 years of movies. Like, every movie coming out after that was, like, Die Hard on a bus or yeah, Die Hard yeah, on yeah, a yeah. whatever. Um, and so, you watch it 
and it feels really, really cliche. It's always mm. hard watching those movies that were super referential and yeah. and trying to see it f- like from the eyes of someone who do you know? Do you know what I'm trying yeah. to say? Like, yeah. How do you for what it is? Yeah. At the time. Yeah, yeah. How do you take the kind of like cultural context of the time yeah. into account yeah. when you you've experienced all the stuff that ca- mm. happened afterwards? Yeah. I have a feeling we might be having the same conversation about the new Mad Max in ten or fifteen years. Sure. You think the new Mad Max is going to set the tone for what? I, I, I think it's probably more complicated now than it was in 1988. Yeah. Um, but I think because stylistically, I mean, the original was, Mad Max. Yeah, is, yeah, does yeah, that. Yeah, that's there's so point, many actually. Mad Max movies that came out. Well, not Mad. There's so many movies that were very heavily yeah. Mad Max, Mad Max set yeah. the tone for what a post-apocalypse looked mm. like for ten years. Yeah, that's Australia actually. Australian Outback. Basically Australia. Australia with big yeah. cars with shit on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So good. The other thing I like about John McClane in the first one mm. is uh, that he's constantly, the expression on his face is constantly scared and surprised. Like whenever he's getting shot at or anything, he's, does, yeah. he's, not, like, he's not like Arnie running head first. Like, he's always yeah. like, ah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got blood he's, all the way he's, down his neck. He's vulnerable. Yeah. And I think the, the best screenwriting kind of way of showing that physically is just the fact that he doesn't wear shoes for yeah, the whole movie. Yeah. Mm. He's like he doesn't have big commando boots on. Mm. Like he has no shoes. Yeah. That's just <laughs> Yeah. I was thinking um him not wearing shoes is like the opposite of the lady from Jurassic World wearing high heels the whole way through. Mm. When does he when does he take his shoes off? He takes his shoes he off takes, at the start yeah. because the guy on the plane tells him to oh, take right. to like to get over the annoy like the leg pain for so wait, he hasn't been something. wearing shoes the whole time, like when he's in the in the limousine and everything. No, no, no. He gets into the, he gets into the plaza. Plaza sees his he's wife, washing himself and up. And then she's he's like, Is there anywhere I can go and clean up? Oh, what does he need okay. to clean up from? What's he been doing? Well, you know, flights. No. Planes. It's I just know. I think it like it relaxes you or something. Yeah. And uh I didn't realize that that was the the moment that he took his shoes off yeah. and now he's got no shoes. Yeah. But I remember thinking, oh, I might try that. Like, I'm going to Sydney yeah. tomorrow. I might actually try. Yeah. Washing up. No. I mean, like, <laughs> taking, taking shoes like off, finding some plush, your, plush carpet and making yeah. fists with your toes. Fists with your toes. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder if that's actually a thing or it's like, oh, we'll make something up. That Come here, thing. It does, does seem like a pleasant thing to do. Like, stretch out your toes. <laughs> I was trying it when I was at home. And it didn't have much of an effect on me, but maybe yeah, it's because yeah. I was already at home. I'm doing it right now. You've, you're not doing you're it right not, now. You don't have carpet. <laughs> <laughs> you're you ruining the illusion. <laughs> Kellen is doing it right now. I'm just lying in front of my fireplace and <laughs> running my feet through my shag rug. <laughs> not true. Hear the fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the window blew open. <laughs> There's an owl in the room. <laughs> oh, there's a killer whale. Velociraptor. <laughs> Clever girl. Uh, um, so, yeah, there's just so many things to talk about in the first movie. I think, like, it's it was... That movie stuck with me. Mm. So many different scenes in it. Um, so many different characters, like the henchmen. Like, yeah. the... the the big bad guy henchman. I don't know if they did this before, but like, you know, the, the sort of really scary henchman who's wearing not- sweaters. Yeah. <laughs> not a lot of sweaters. A lot of like awesome. sweaters. The guy with the Uzi, who's like, um, the German guy. Mm. They were all German, weren't they? 
Um, oh, there was the hacker guy who was American. American. Yeah. And there was the... Uh, and the reception the, guy. Reception guy. And one of the um, the sort of Asian guy. Yeah, sort of yeah, one. yeah. But um, the brother of the guy in the turtleneck. Yeah, so there's two brothers. They both are kind of like really bulky dudes. Bulky blonde yeah, action movie guy. Action movie like thugs. Yeah. Um, And one of them dies kind of early on in the movie. And the other one kind of like... Is seeking vengeance on John McClane for kind of the rest of the film. He, he's the the first one to die. Is the guy in the elevator the ho ho ho? Now I have a machine gun. Yeah, yeah, which is um, yeah, iconic as well. Yeah, I feel like there's an element of um, he uh, that he's a bit of a psychopath, John McClane. <laughs> like, yeah, I got that so much in the second people. one. We'll get it back to the. Uh, we'll, I'll talk about it in the second yeah. one, but yeah. there's a, there's a moment where I'm like, oh my god. There's actually there's a few moments a bit in the second one out of it. I find, uh, I found it interesting that moment where he, uh, so he basically what happens is he kills the first, the first of his henchmen, the first henchman that he comes up against and, uh, needs to send a message down to Hans Gruber, the leader. So he takes the henchman, ties him to a, an office chair, mm. um, and, He's going to send him down, but then he stops because he sees uh, like a, some Christmas ornaments and stuff. And he puts a Santa hat on the dead henchman and yeah. spray paints, now I have a machine gun, ho, 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 yeah. on the body and sends it down. It's sick. And it's, but he's so, he's, John McClane's great because there's all these massive action sequences where he's taking down all these like, all these bad guys, you know, weapons, explosions, all this stuff. But he's so proud of himself when he comes up with it's things like, a like dad that. Joke, isn't yeah, it? Like- yeah, and that's what he gets. He doesn't get off like on the so much on the. Well, maybe he does. I think he might. does. But I just he doesn't on. get he doesn't get smug and like self satisfied until he makes jokes like that, which I enjoy. Yeah, there's so many one lines as well that are delivered before someone is shot to death mm. as well, and he does it a few times. But other people do it in the first and second movie as well. Mm. Yeah. Like in the second movie, um, when they kill the the um, priest in the church, yeah, and he says, "Oh, you know, I feel like I'm dying with this place or something." Yeah. He's like, "You're right about that." Bam. Or even um, Mc- John McClane when he's underneath the the table, and the guy's like, "Take the opportunity when you have a chance to yeah. kill someone." And he's yeah. like, "Oh, thanks for the advice." And shoots him up. From beneath the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a few. I just feel like that takes a sick person to, to it, like, la- laugh. I'm about to kill someone. Like, I'll make a joke. It's just... <laughs> it's a life and death thing? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I love the one-liner. Like, <laughs> I especially good. like a one-liner that doesn't land. Like, when someone <laughs> yeah. just says something, <laughs> just like... And you, you're left there going, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was a callback to something I said. Oh, you went... Oh, <laughs> There's one. There's a really good one of those in the second one where John McClane comes up against the. So the second one's set in an airport, and the airport has its own internal police force. And the chief of police is this stocky bald man named Carmine Lorenzo, who's really angry at McClane for getting all for up. no reason really. Well, he's just he's very stressed, and he doesn't have McClane coming in and causing trouble when he thinks there's not really any trouble to be worried about. Mm. And they have this argument, and this police chief gets his police cronies to remove McLean from his office. And as he's walking out, McLean goes, Hey, Lorenzo, when you walk in the airport, what's this off the metal detectors first? The rod in your ass or the shit in your brains? <laughs> yeah. yeah, shit doesn't set off a metal detector. Yeah. So it's obviously the rod. Mm, unless it was like, you know, a, a plastic rod. <laughs> it's so weird. It is a weird line. 
I feel, yeah, he's got that that character in both um, in both movies, right? Yeah, the, 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 the cops just don't believe him. Yeah, and yeah, I had a bit of a problem with that. Um, the the cops in both of those movies, where yeah. they seem to be willfully um, against McLean for not really any reason and yeah. to their own kind of like detriment. Like, yeah, what like they don't. It just doesn't make sense, well, like, yeah. how up much- Up to a certain point, I think, in the well, first one, like, he almost blows up the whole building. Yeah, yeah but yeah. when he calls the emergency line and the, mm. the person on the other end is like- yeah. So, he calls the emergency line, he manages to get an outline, outside line after the terrorists have kind of, like, cut off the power. It gets a walkie-talkie, manages it. Yeah. And he, he gets out to the police and they're like, this is a line for emergencies only. And, and he's like, there's terrorists that have taken over the building. And he's like, sir, emergencies only. <laughs> yeah. What am I trying to order, a pizza? <laughs> it's yeah. just like, I, I didn't- I didn't understand like why I yeah, yeah there's moments in, in movies where like you know the hero needs to come up a, against a bunch of obstacles yeah. and sometimes those obstacles just seem like only there because they need to be there rather than because there's any reason for them to yeah. be there could it be that those um, those obstacles are put in the way because you see him talking to to all, all those police officers who just come up yeah he comes up against them yeah it kind of reminded me of like being on the phone to the power company or something. Okay. You know, when they're just, when you're trying to get, something's gone wrong and you're trying to get a solution, there's some bureaucracy or something in the right. way and someone who's got a process they need to go through. Sure. Like, so you're, you're not s- listening to me. You're saying that it's his aggression that's causing them to respond aggressively. I th- yeah, I think so. Or it's, or it's, I think it's, maybe it's just something, another way to make him vulnerable and relatable. Yeah. Is that we've all had the problem of someone in power or not even someone in power someone who's someone not understanding the urgency of a situation yeah yeah yeah. well i find it interesting certain movies like from the 80s or something um you know when they they didn't have cell phones for example now like there's this massive problem i think for writers who are like oh you just have a cell phone in that situation you can call the police or do something yeah i think we've got to figure out yeah we've talked about 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 this before it's like every horror movie has the bit where they pull the cell phones out of the pocket no reception or or, or they break their phone yeah um and a lot of that is like really sort of coincidental and sort of a little bit annoying but in this movie they just like he has access to a phone but they just don't listen to him which is i guess it, it doesn't seem entirely rational, but maybe at that time, like, oh my god, we have there's so many ways to call out and actually get help. Maybe we can we have to like make him yeah, we have irrational. Or something. I don't understand why like he had to be like there. There were other things that were stopping. Even if he was able to call help, because eventually the police do arrive and they're trying mm. to storm the building, but they can't because the terrorists like have all like yeah. machine guns and everything yeah. and whatever. Like. Why did they have to make that an obstacle as well? Like, couldn't they be like, okay, we'll send someone around and Mm. then there's like, oh, well, we can't actually do anything. You're, you're on your own still. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's kind of, it's a build up of tension. He's like, I can't get onto the police. This is terrible. Yeah. Uh, then I'm on my own. Uh, and then the police do come. He's like, oh, that's a relief. The police come. But then, ah, oh, the police aren't doing the right thing and it builds yeah. up again. And yeah. it's like, oh, he's not, he's not interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the police would never agree to do things the way he sees it has to be done. Yeah. Which is funny because, like, <laughs> I feel like the way that he sees something that has to be done 
could potentially put the hostages at oh, it's more totally, danger totally. in the first movie. Like, yeah. he's he's really going around and picking them off. Well, and I, that could yeah. escalate their them saying, you know, either show yourself or we're just going to so, start killing people. Okay, spoilers for Die Hard 1. But up until, like, halfway through the movie, it's I was thinking, why doesn't uh, Bruce Willis just kind of, like, let them get their money and leave and not kill any of the hostages. Later on in the movie, you realize <laughs> yeah. that um, Hans Gruber's plan is to put all the hostages on the roof and then blow up the roof so that he can escape in a different way. So he is going to kill all the hostages. Mm. But John McClane doesn't know that. Like, ultimately, it probably would have been safer for him to kind of just, like, give himself up and let the, let the whole thing just mm. go over smoothly. Yeah. But they haven't really done anything to prove how dangerous they are yet. Mm. Like he kills them first before they even know he's there. You know who does he, who does he kill first? It's the oh, dude with the glasses, an, right? Yeah, but ho, he ho, makes ho, right? an, a noise when he's spying on them with um, the head of the Nakatomi um, mm. Corporation, and then like he's sort of running away, and then they know someone's scurrying about. Yeah, yeah. I think you, yeah, you're totally right. There's. There's, there's a moment at the start where you're like, is he doing, is he actually acting in the best interest of Yeah, everyone? and it's this whole, I don't know, I don't want to get like political here, but th- that whole like the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Mm. Like, mm. it's, that's not true. true. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it's an action movie. You're supposed to get into it, but like, yeah, sometimes I'm just like, come on, just, just be a pacifist. Yeah. <laughs> or even, you want to see a diplomatic diehard. Even like the head of the uh, yeah, Naka- diplomat hard, but like the, the head of the Nakatomi um, Corporation, he's like, you will never get those pieces of paper, right? Like, uh, wouldn't they be insured? Like, he's a big corporate. I know, like, I'm, I'm nitpicking here, but like, all they want is the the number to the safe. Yeah, mm. and they don't. At that point, you know, it's not clear whether or not he's going to get murder or anything. You just hand it over. I don't know. Again, yeah, the whole blow up the prisoners on the roof. When they mentioned that, I was like, that's a bit odd. Yeah. Like, so when you look back on it, you do say, oh, okay, he really was, they were really in, a, in danger the whole time. So in the original- I feel like that's technicality. In the this. original novel, they are just flat out terrorists. They're not actually um, also bank robbers. Uh, okay. Uh, it was when the director came on who, uh, like the third director, because this yeah. movie nearly got made three times. Oh, really? <clears throat> he's he decided that he wanted it to have a lighter tone and that people would feel uncomfortable if they were terrorists and would be quicker to laugh if they were just like yeah. bank robbers, just essentially. Thieves. Okay, well, I thought it was odd. Like, I don't know um, what the times were like back then. I thought the 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 tone sort of made sense now when they said, oh, you're not even terrorists, you're just bank robbers. Mm. Then I was like, what were the 90s like? Would that be a realization you would have? Actually, yeah. So I I watched both of these uh, with someone. They were saying, uh, I think it's harder watching these in a post-9-11 like Mm. landscape. Um, Like it's just, it's more difficult to feel fun. Like, (laughs) like, Like when it's kind of like, you know, we've like, the first one's set in a building and the second one's set on aeroplanes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's hard to watch these movies without thinking about 9-11. Mm, yeah. And I guess that, like, movies now, you know, often, like, I think Man of Steel was heavily criticized for kind of leveraging 9-11 feeling footage 
for like emotional impact or whatever. But these were made completely naively. They, that hadn't mm. happened yet. Yeah. But I think it's just kind of like, you know, when the director of the first one was saying people are going to be slower to laugh at terrorists than they are bank robbers. Like that's kind of almost been undone now because it, I don't know. Did you guys think about 9-11 when you were watching this? Mm. I thought about it. Yeah, in the second one, the plane sort yeah. of like the hijacking of planes. Yeah, and just how loose the security was, like how John McClane's wife uh, has yeah. a taser on the plane. Oh, You're yeah, like, what yeah, the yeah. fuck? And he's, yeah, he's got a gun on the plane in yeah, the first yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both those things I thought were I think I, I sort of thought it in that kind of like that, uh, considering the practicalities of taking weapons on planes in that sense, but not really on an emotional level. Yeah. But I think like, I've probably seen this movie, I'd say seven times since 9-11. Possibly both. Since 9-11. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so- How many years since 9-11? 14. Yeah. It's an average of once, so every, once every two, two years. years. Okay. So, I might have been numb. Maybe Your biannual- uh, My biannual diehard <laughs> ghost. It's probably about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not so as I'm familiar like, with this yeah. series, I've got to admit. I watched, I watched it. I had seen it before. Mm. I watched it probably like pretty late, maybe like- five or six years ago and I really, really liked it the first mm. time I saw it. Rewatching it, um I don't know, I I did I wasn't as into it this time. Mm. The first one or the second one? First one. Oh, okay. Mm. I uh I think it was just like like I was saying earlier, like I was so familiar with all the tropes mm. that I I just like there was I just wasn't as engaged by it as well, I was. How the did first you watch time. the second one? I fell asleep. <laughs> I fell asleep an hour so and many times. Hour I had so many sittings that I had to get through this. There were some really long gunfights in that second one. Second one was boring. Very, very boring. Um, there's a, I have a couple of notes here. That <laughs> just like silly notes. Um, silly notes. I, just, silly notes. I thought it was funny that there was a touchscreen TV at the start when yeah, he watched the video. Yeah, like that. And he's like, oh, the future yeah. and stuff. And it's clearly just a CRT with like yeah. a curved screen that he's yeah. tapping. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if they have, they had touchscreens back then. Uh, yeah, because they were talking about how fancy it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had something that, yeah, it's like towards the end of the movie, the FBI become involved. Mm. Um, and there's these two characters that are introduced, Johnson and Johnson. Yeah. Agent <laughs> Not Johnson. Related. Yeah, 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 yeah. Agent Johnson and Special Agent Johnson. Oh, yeah. And they, they die. Yeah, they die. Yeah. And then the police lieutenant says, we're going to have to get some more FBI guys. <laughs> like, but, yeah. So what? there's these two Johnsons. There's robots. One's this big kind of like... Um, Big white guy and the other guy is kind of like a shorter black guy. Yeah. And, and they walk up and he's like, Johnson and Johnson, no relation. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I just really wanted to watch the Johnson and Johnson <laughs> spinoff movie. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. great. And they get, uh, particularly White Johnson, gets increasingly weird. He's yeah. like, they're, over, they're only like 15, they're only in 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. But he gets really excited when they're going the to get in the, getting in the chopper and he like puts his black cap on back. He's like a grown, like middle-aged yeah, yeah. man. Mm. And he puts he, his he back says something like, reminds me of like Saigon. Saigon yeah. Yeah. And he's, yeah. And he does something else weird. Oh yeah. When he's yelling at, um, he's got some really funny lines when they're trying to get the power cut to the whole city block, yeah. which unbeknownst to them is what the terrorists want them to do. Yeah. Mm. But the way he's yelling at the guy to get it done. Yeah. Like they really escalate. That is such a his- weird scene. The, the conversation almost sounds real because mm. everyone's saying something different. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. no one's hearing anyone, Yeah, but it's like, it's actually scripted to sound like yeah. that. Yeah. It's one of the guys like, I can do it. 
Yeah. I can't do it. And they're like, I can't do it. You, you can't do that. Like, and then the other guy's like, yeah. he's like, you physically can't do that. And yeah. then the other guy's like, do it. And he's like, I actually physically can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I just did it. Actually can't do that physically. <laughs> and the whole conversation takes place with the technician guy like halfway out of a manhole. Yeah. So they're all like crouched down talking to him on their haunches. Yeah. His ass is on the line. Can we talk for a minute about you mentioned McLean's friend on the outside, the police Powell. officer Powell. What's his first name? Uh Alan, I think. Alan, yeah. Played by the dad from Family Matters. Mm. Uh, oh my god, I forgot about that show. Yeah. I used to love that. Mm, with Urkel. Did oh, I yeah. do that? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So he plays the cop on the outside who first is the first person who interacts with John McClane from the good side. And so he's kind of the buffer between McClane and the grumpy lieutenant who mm. wants things done his way and blah, blah, blah. So McClane and Power kind of spend a lot of the movie chatting to each other. They're really flirty. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he like, says, I love you. Yeah, he actually yeah, says the line, you said I love some you. He's like, well, I love you. Yeah. And, and like, okay. then at the end when he- What are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm wearing a wife beater that's covered God. in my own blood and no, <laughs> no shoes. No shoes. And shards of glass on my feet. Um, and I thought it was the sort of- Especially when, um, when at the end of the movie, when uh, every all the dust is settling and the ambulance is there taking all the hostages away and McLean comes out and he's with his wife and they embrace and then sort of through the dust- Power walks forward. Like, mm. oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Good. He shoots you, the bomb. You, yeah, I, I was expecting, like, saxophone to yeah, start playing yeah, in the background. To pash each other. It's <laughs> so romantic. Yeah, it totally is. Yeah. Their relationship is beautiful and romantic. Yeah, that's not the reason that John McClane and his wife have been separated. Yeah. <laughs> it's not realized, distance. Realise he's in love with an overweight police officer. <laughs> yeah. And he just had to live in New York because he couldn't be that close to him. Mm. Tragic. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say about the first one? Uh, I wanted to point out one little thing that I've never noticed before. Mm. A really good bit of- On your uh, 15th viewing of the movie. On my 15th viewing of Die Hard. Uh, I'm not sure whether it counts as foreshadowing or- What's the opposite of foreshadowing when you reference something backwards? Uh, uh, referencing? Referencing. I guess referencing. I guess. <laughs> so, there's this, when uh, McLean first arrives at the Christmas party that's being held at his wife's office yeah uh in this big it's this big corporate i don't really i don't think they've ever really said what they do but they're a big I don't corporation know, something to do with it sounds like technology software. yeah yes yeah, yeah. cyber screens. design or something yeah, that sort of thing so there's this really um sleazy salesman that his yeah. wife works with yeah uh named <laughs> who's Alice. doing like Baby. lines in her office yeah Baby. Huh? Booby. 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 Hans Booby. Hans Booby. We're the same. We're the same That guy's an anti-advert for cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, going. You didn't want to do cocaine when you were watching him? (laughs) I feel like they were saying, this is what cocaine does to you. Yeah. Makes you You, really charming. You walk into like a hostage situation and get shot. (laughs) Booby. Oh my God. Uh, so anyway, he's early in the film. He's seen flirting with McLean's wife, Holly. Yes. Right. So he's into her. Um, but he's a douchebag and no one really likes him. Uh, so when they're all, there's a scene where they're in Holly's office. It's McLean, Holly, this guy Ellis bursts in and the boss. And Ellis is being all sleazy. He's like, did you show him the watch we got you? Oh, it's yeah, a yeah. Rolex. Mm, yeah. And Holly's like, I'll show him later. Yeah, that's definitely foreshadowing. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, uh, they're about, they're trying to kill Hans Gruber 
and he falls out a window. He grabs yeah. Holly's arm and he's holding onto her watch. Yeah. Which John uh, McClane leans over and undoes. Yeah. You didn't notice that? That's like, yeah. So it's like representative of like her giving up like the, the business side and them giving their relationship a go again. Mm. Uh, yeah. I hadn't noticed it until this watch. Huh. Hadn't so thought of this watch. So to speak. Oh, I hadn't, I hadn't picked it up. Uh, it, any of the watches that I did. Um, so sorry. I thought it was nice how it was. Yeah. It was, wasn't like. It wasn't like Over. he takes the watch off and then it spins around and it says Rolex really big and he yeah, makes yeah. some line about, I guess that's the watch they bought you. Blah, blah, blah. It just yeah. kind of happens without drawing yeah, yeah. attention. No, I like that. It was nice. I thought there was a lot of, like, it's going to sound strange, but I thought there was a lot of nice subtleties to this movie. This movie is- <laughs> You love this movie. I fucking <laughs> love this movie. <laughs> this movie is very, like, um, cleanly written, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Like, yep. it, it hits all of the points- that it's, it's supposed to hit. Yeah. It it sets everything up. Yeah. Um, and it moves along at a like a pace. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like if you want to know how to write an action movie, like mm. this is the movie to go look at. Yeah. Precisely. Although rewatching it, I was just like, I, I got a bit bored to be honest. And tell that to the writers of the second movie, who is the same writer. Uh, yeah, it's the same writer. <laughs> let's yeah, let's take okay, a so he, take a quick break. Take and a we'll quick break, and we'll come back to the second one. Okay. I've got to have sex with a dirty podcast, okay. and we're back. And we're back. <laughs> All right, um, Die Hard Two is the worst synopsis ever. John McClane is again the wrong guy, the wrong time, in the wrong place. He's probably the, he's probably the, the, he's he's the, the right, right guy, guy in, in the, the wrong, wrong place, place at, at the, the right time. Uh, he, he, yeah, but from his point of view, he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. He's in the wrong place, but he's, he's the right guy. But if, you want, if anyone's going to be uh, in this yeah. place at this time, you want it to be him. He's, he's the right Mr. guy Mr. at the right. wrong Mr. time Mr. in the wrong yeah. place. He's yeah. just a guy in the wrong place at the right time. Wrong place, wrong time. Wrong place, wrong right time. The right guy. The right guy, okay. That's a hard pill to swallow. Like, it's pretty fly for a right guy. <laughs> oh, oh, no. That's the second time in two days I've made reference oh, to that song. Really? Oh, what was the been, other one? Uh, just yesterday, someone was trying to count to 10 in Spanish and one, two, three, and did it like that. And like, there's not two fives in the Spanish uh, <laughs> <laughs> one number, number set. <laughs> So I don't think you've got it. Um, okay, so he's the right guy at the wrong time in the wrong place. So, yeah, yeah. anyway. Um, as another impractically well-organized team of military and ex-military attempt to hijack the transport of a Colombian drug lord. The Mercs gain control over the airport the drug dealer is um, set to arrive at and show they're serious about controlling the airport when they crash a plane. Um <laughs> Which they do by like uh, resetting it's they inter- they impersonate the f- air traffic control mm. and tell them that they're much higher than they are. Yeah, no, they're really they, high. They impersonate air traffic control and tell them they're safe to land, and then they hack into the plane and make the plane think jump their altitude by three hundred feet. Yeah, and, tell, uh, and the plane thinks ground level is two hundred meters lower than it is. Poor guys. Um, so they must not be messed with. Um, John's wife coincidentally is trying to land at the same airport and is running out of fuel. That's a coincidence. So he will again try to prove his love for his wife by saving the day. Kills the baddies and saves his wife. Um, so <laughs> yeah, 
it's no coincidence he's at the airport because he's picking his wife up, right? I was like, what was he doing at the airport? With- yeah. yeah, picking yeah. his wife up from the airport. Yeah, but also, uh, would they be landing? <laughs> would they be taking such a high priority target to a commercial airport? Wouldn't you be taking to a military base? Like this drug lord? Yeah. Like risking- Can we just stop for a second? Um, because I, I, full disclosure here, guys. I fell asleep a lot. Watching oh. this <laughs> Not just once. No, like a like I had to basically rewatch the whole thing because yeah. I was watching it and I just like kept kind of drifting off and coming back into it. Oh, it's still going. Oh, mm. Okay. Uh, what, who, who were the bad guys? And why were they trying to get that guy? Yeah, so from to land, you can explain this, Jack. I okay, think. so the bad guys were, uh, I believe, like they ex-military. Were, they guys. were just yeah, ex-military who are now like militia for hire, basically, and oh. they, were, they were hired by the drug lord. Weren't they? <clears throat> I think they they the, were, yeah, but I think they were under suspicion while they were still. So, working for the military. So, yeah. so their so motives- he was on trial at some point and their, I think lost his Their job. motives are completely money-based. I think I think they're mainly yeah. money-based, but I think they empathize with the drug lord because he's a bad guy. But I think they wouldn't be doing it if they weren't getting Because I just didn't understand why, like, because there's a team of- There's two teams of, like, US military guys who have both kind of, like, swapped- Turned. Turned. Yeah. And- mm. I just didn't really understand why that had happened. I think he's just paid there on the payroll of this Colombian drug yeah. lord, or and he's promised them somehow we'll just get on the plane yeah. and take me back to Colombia. I feel like yeah, there should have been life. some stuff about them being like disillusioned with what the American military were doing, mm. or just something to give them more of a motive to be like, why are they actually doing this? Like. Yeah. There's a little brief, like a news segment at the start, where you see like, oh, this guy's being tried for something and then it's mm. i think it's sort of clear that he's left the army or something and then the, it's so the, weird the american guy or the yeah the american drug, guy yeah. doing judo in the first couple scenes yeah so speak like you know there's two lots of um of american military there's the yeah. american military guys who we know are turned bad yeah. and then halfway through the movie um, there's a bunch of commandos commandos that yeah. come in mm. who you think are good guys but then spoilers they're not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the leader of the- that First group- time I saw this movie, that twist blew my mind. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> that's a full-on scene yeah. where there's just one unlucky guy who didn't get the who memo. Was, who wasn't in on it. Who yeah. wasn't in on it. Yeah. Which I thought was really weird because mm. maybe he was the only person at the at the church firing real bullets. Mm. <laughs> Could have been. Because um, so- the whole gunfight where no one's firing any bullets and Cause they're all need- firing blanks- but don't you think that someone might notice that no one had been shot or no bullets were hitting the the building or anything? Just making a lot of noise. Well, I, th- I think that was a that's a pretty fast paced scene. It is, and John McClane does notice. But like, he notices eventually. He's like, "Oh yeah. shoot, I had him and in he's my a sights. lot." And he's a lot closer to the scene than any anyone was meant to be. It was meant to be the militia and the. Army guy, you know, the army guys who you think are good were actually bad. Yeah. They, they, it's just meant to be, people are just meant to be aware that a gunfight has happened. But who's for that? Who Who is that scene for? The poli- the um, the LA police. Okay. So, they police. can say. They're no, no, Washington, Washington. Washington. Washington police. Sorry, they're in Washington in this one. 
the so it's for the benefit of everyone, all the actual good, good guys, mm. to give them confidence that the uh, the military guys that they think are good have gone in and neutralised the situation, buying them time to escape. Mm. That's so my reading of. If McLean wasn't there and sort of messed it up a little bit, yeah. this is this is where I fell asleep. Um, so I did go back and watch it again. I yeah. fell asleep much from earlier. That point, but I'm trying to figure out again what I was drifting in and out during that gunfight because it went for so long. Mm. But um, would they have shown up, had a little bit of a shootout, and then so what happened was come back and said, "Oh yeah, we got them," or something. I think. Hmm. It was mm. while you guys are mulling on this. Hmm. The thing that I originally wanted to raise was, um, you know, how we were talking in the Die Hard one about how um, Powell and John McClane have a really flirty relationship. Yep. Well, the the head of the second group of military, the good mm. military, who turned out to be the bad military, yeah. has a bunch of lines that are like almost like Tobias from Arrested Development, like <laughs> slips that sound just like really unintentionally gay when he's trying to be like quite masculine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first is, uh, we're here to jerk off these cocksuckers <laughs> until they try and take off. <laughs> Does he say jerk off? He says, we're here to jerk off these cocksuckers until they try and take off. <laughs> yeah. The second line is like, okay, like after the sequence that you're talking about now, where yeah. John McClane comes out and the, who's the police officer of the airport? Who's uh, Lorenzo. Lorenzo is like chewing out, uh, John McClane being like, what are you doing here? Um, and then the head of the, the military, the good slash bad military is like, you know, give, give him a break, get out of here, da 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 da. Um, and McLean goes, you're not such an asshole over, <laughs> you're not such an asshole after all. And then he replies, no, you were right. I'm just your kind of asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I think he says, uh, does he say I, your exactly kind of asshole? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. He's like, I was just, he has a couple of lines where I'm just starting to like you or yeah, like, yeah. sort of those sort yeah, of things. Yeah. yeah. And then it turns out to be bad. Yeah. Um, and then gets blown up. Oh, he gets minced by the oh, turbine. He gets, that's right. He gets minced. Oh, yeah. I was like, as soon, there was a few moments in this movie where, um, you know, in action films where you see something and you're like, oh, yeah. I hope that happens. Yeah. And it's always plain turbine guy going. Oh, there was like, yeah. there was a much smaller one at the start of the film where Bruce Willis is like, finds a bunch of goons in the luggage compartment mm. and they're like up to no good. Uh, and he finds like a bicycle, which he yeah. rides and uses it to like kick them over or whatever. Yeah. And my brain goes, I hope he rings the bell. <laughs> and then he rings the bell. <laughs> and I'm like, and then, like, later on, it happens there's, like, a fight on the wing of a plane. I'm like, oh, I hope someone gets thrown into the propeller of yeah, that yeah. plane. And then they do. Yeah. But it was a little bit underwhelming. Yeah. You know what? I didn't think to myself in that scene where he's in the luggage handling area. I didn't think, I hope there's a machine in here with the power to crush someone's head. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... And then there totally was. <laughs> Which is where the luggage is just meant to go, yeah. right? Like- <laughs> it's just like a machine with, like, so many pounds of pressure that your bag goes through for no yeah, reason. I was um, kind of a bit, you know, uh, taken aback by just, like, some sudden really gory bits mm. in this movie. Like, you kind of don't think of that for action movies anymore because they've kind of all been taken out. But there's the bit where the guy gets his head crushed. Mm. And there's another bit where John McClane, like, reaches behind him and grabs, like, an icicle off mm. a house and then stabs Jesus the dude right. in the face with yeah. it, which is fucking sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the murder weapon melts. Perfect uh, crime. Ooh. Oh. 
Yeah. Oh, he's missing an eye. There's a and there's some water underneath him. Who did yeah. it? He drowned. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect murder weapon. Mm. Cool. Uh, there's a line in this one. Uh, there's a, a lot of reference in this one, more so than the first one, to John McClane being kind of a technophobe. <laughs> Tag two. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's a. They make more of a big deal about uh, Bruce Willis being a technophobe, especially in the fourth one, because the fourth one is all about technology. But we'll get to that next time. Mm. And there's a line in this one where uh, he's talking to his wife, and uh, she says. Oh, John, it's the 90s. You know, microchips, microwaves, <laughs> airphones. They Who's lost airphones? Airphones are a big deal in this movie. Yeah. Have you are. ever been on a plane that has a phone? No. We've gone backwards. Yeah. You're not yeah, allowed and they to cause use- phones no, as they well. Are, they do cause phones as well because he takes the phone and then goes into goes, the bathroom. Yeah, yeah it's it weird. Broadcasts over the- Yeah. Air. I'm pretty sure they didn't have that, like- there would be some sort of. Uh, I thought I knew my technology for there a second, but like there would be some some long distance technology that would have existed to go from the plane back somewhere, yeah, to call someone, yeah. yeah. But this the technology to go short distances was yeah. less developed, and, and yeah, I, yeah. there was also a bit where um so. The, one of the side stories is John McClane's wife is on a plane with the reporter who's in the first movie. And he's in the first movie, but he doesn't... I never really got the point of the storyline in the first movie. There's, like, a reporter who's breaking the story of the attack on the Nagatomi Plaza. No, but nothing really comes of it. But he's he's a dick. He's a dick. And he gets punched in the face. And I was like, why did he get punched in the face? He got yeah. punched in the face because he went to... Um, John, he figured out who John McClane's kids were and went to the house and put them on TV. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, right. So, in the second movie- And um, I think, I think did, did doing that give away that John McClane was in, like, to the terrorists, that John McClane was, was in the John. building? And then- okay. You're and right, then you're right. No, no, no. It yeah, was, yeah. Um, no, he's right. It was that cocaine guy who was like- No, he didn't no, give it away. No, no. No, you're right. It's giving away that uh, Holly Gennaro is John McClane's wife. Oh, yeah. uh, right. Because he sees the kids. That's how Hans Gruber makes the connection and then, yeah. then puts- Yeah. Puts okay. together. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, so- you, uh, yeah. <laughs> the PR guy for Die Hard, <laughs> yeah. the, the franchise. 15 times since if, 2001. Uh, Paramount needs someone. Yeah. Uh, Call me up. 20th Century Fox. 20th Century Fox, yeah. <laughs> Pay attention. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 20th Century Fox. Because in, in the movie in Die Hard 2, uh, they kept playing Simpsons clips in the back the clips on the plane. Oh, yeah. I thought that was cool. Um. But anyway, so in Die Hard 2, the same reporter from Die Hard 1 is on a plane with Bruce Willis's wife, uh, and he's breaking the story of the uh, airline heist thing, like, on the plane. Mm. And then there's a bit where they're all watching, like, the news footage while they're on the plane, yeah. like, of the story yeah, breaking. Yeah, yeah. And that's not a thing, is it? People. Well, they said there's a line when they... Uh- so Tuning into the local radio station. To, yeah. They, oh, sorry, the local TV the station. The pilot said, the air hostess comes in and says, oh, how long do things going to be? People are getting a bit annoyed out on the plane. But yeah. this is before they know there's a terrorist situation. Yeah. And the pilot says, oh, we're within range of, we're close enough to whatever. Uh, we'll pick up local TV. Local. I news. think you can. I think you can do that. Oh, okay. They, they Why don't they just put more episodes of The Simpsons on? It's very entertaining. It is a very entertaining <laughs> show. I like that show. Have you guys heard of that show, The Simpsons? The Simpsons. Is it The Simpsons? What is The Simpsons? Show? The Simpsons with an S at the yeah, end. Yeah, Simpsons. Simpsons. Yeah. The Simpsons. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's been going for, a, I don't know, it's like an animated show. 
Oh yeah, but like, like the skin is like yellow. It's kind of like weird? it's kind of like Family Guy, I guess. I guess it's like oh yeah. Like, is that have the you one that's that been going Family for like twenty five years? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Two, like Family Guy did it first, right? I don't know who came first. Yeah, I've, I've watched some Simpsons episodes where it's yeah, I was kind of like, what is what is this? This is just like Family Guy, isn't it? Yeah. This is just like that show Dinosaurs. Remember that show Dinosaurs <laughs> yeah, with the guys in dinosaur suits? It's just The Simpsons, um, I think, ripped that off. Mm. Die Hard. Die Hard. <laughs> um, just talking about like technology on planes reminded me about when they used to be like, oh, there's a movie on the plane. Mm. Like, plug in if you want to watch it. You don't yeah. have a TV on your seat. Yeah, you've got to look up. You got to look up, and it's yeah. like th- that's the movie. It's on yeah. at one time. Just go and like yeah, that's now what, it's all on demand. That's what stuff. you get. That's what you get. And the sound was always really shit. Yeah, and it was like if you know if you were lucky enough to get close to the um, exit rows, you mm. could actually see the TV. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. And like some people, would, like if you were really unlucky, because there'd be multiple TVs down the aisle. Yeah. yeah, you'd be like just in front of one, so the next one yeah, would be miles yeah, away. Yeah. Oh, the worst. Good times there. Yeah. We'll be doing like observational airline comedy. What's the deal with Not all the tiny, <laughs> tiny food, hey? Food on airplanes doesn't taste as good as food on the ground. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. The bathrooms what? are smaller on an airplane. Why would they do that? <laughs> what if you took the same meal from an airplane and then ate it on the ground? Would it taste better? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> would it still be airline food or would you call it ground food? <laughs> Have you seen that? Not that we want to just evolve into talking about comedy bits that we like, but have you seen that Louis C.K. thing where he's talking about people complaining about airlines? Yeah. And it's like someone complains about sitting on the tarmac for half an hour. And then you're like, oh, yeah, what happened after that? Did you soar through the air like a bird? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Flight is amazing. Mm. You know know what's not amazing? (laughs) Die Hard 2. Die Hard 2 is not good. Die Hard 2 is not amazing. It's kind of... Difficult to pick why it's not amazing. Uh, I can. I why think, do you I, think? Why do you think it's not amazing? Okay, so it, it started off, and I was like, I was into it, yeah. like the first maybe twenty minutes, yeah, because it like it had that really like nineties action movie mm. feel, mm. like it had like a bit of the speeds about it, yeah. yeah. Um, but then the majority of the movie, uh, the majority of Die Hard one, the Antagonists and protagonists don't see each other for the whole mm. time, but it's such a confined and claustrophobic situation mm. that that's kind of okay. Yeah. But the same thing happens in this movie, but it's not confined at all. It just kind it of wanders around and yeah. he interacts with so many different characters mm. and there's, yeah. there's yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. really like holding the plot elements in place. They all just kind of like are bobbing around loosely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. it's so unfocused yeah. that by an hour or 45 minutes into it, I just completely lost track of who's doing what and why. Yeah. And I didn't the, care. You got the air traffic controllers and that guy seems like, you know, I forget what, I don't know what his name is, but there's the head yeah. traffic controller and then you've got the cop and you've yeah, just got, got so the, many the engineer you've got the yeah, oh, the, the janitor the yeah, janitor what did he actually do he shows up at the end and I was like I don't remember what you did he's the one he gave him some plans he he sort of uh, tells him where directs him around the airport and tells him where everything is and where to go okay it was just um, it was just so much looser yeah. like Die Hard the original Die Hard what's so appealing about it compared to modern action movies is how simple mm. and like tight tight it is, mm. and 
Die Hard 2 is kind of completely the opposite. And I, I hadn't seen Die Hard 2 before we watched it for this. Mm. And I kind of thought, oh, it's just going to be the same thing, but in an airport. The mm. building's just going to be a different building. But, mm. like, he's chasing people around the neighborhood. Like, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. Yeah, there's just not the same kind of driving force or isolation mm. at the first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And this fir- the first one, he does, he talks to people, but it's always over radio. And yeah. He's, even when he's in the same building, it's always. And it's like a big deal when he finally talks to Powell, yeah. who's the only other person he's talked to for the whole movie. It's like yeah. a big deal. And this one, he's like, you know, fucking chewing the fat with like the head of police and this yeah, guy and that yeah, guy. Yeah. And, and everyone, yeah, yeah. And it's a lot of the first one, uh, when McLean comes up against his, his good guy antagonists, like the cops and all these other people. It's kind of distant and it's over the radio and they're not kind of, they kind of don't quite understand each other. But this one, there's a lot of scenes of men yelling at each other in yeah. the same room. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's it, that those scenes were really annoying to watch. Yeah. Like, yeah, my ears started hurting. And ultimately, <laughs> the, ultimately, the first one, the reason that he has to take action is because there's no one else there who mm. can. Yeah. And the yeah, second, yeah. One, second one, there's, there's a whole- so many so, people. Yeah, there's so many but other they're professional all people. The wrong, they're all taking the wrong accent. Sure, action. that's that's true, but there is a difference. It's his kind of like ego or whatever that's kind of saying like, you know, they're not doing as good of a job as you could do. Like, he's much more of an unwilling hero in the first one yeah, than yeah. he is in the second one. Like, the second one, he- He's he's pushing the story forward more than reacting to the situation. Mm, for sure. Mm. I think maybe that when it comes down to when people actually have a grasp of what's happening, yeah. then I think you should back off. But there's a first- yeah. Look, I understand why he doesn't. Yeah. I'm just saying it's less compelling. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And also there's just not- uh, There's no iconic bad guys. There's no like- The guy's just not that interesting. And then they and- kind of switch- Bad guys in the last act of the film, the guy who's kind of been set up as being like the really hard ass bad guy for the whole film isn't at the end. Yeah, it's yeah. The- He's kind of third in line. Yeah. And, and that's mm. like, and then when they finally do kill the big bad guy, it's the Colombian, the Colombian. Yeah. It's mm. kind of like, there's not a showdown or anything. Like, no. um, so Bruce Willis has this big fight on the plane, throws one guy in a propeller, then the other guy kind of like kicks him off the wing. But before he gets kicked off, he manages to open like a fuel capsule and then there's like fuel that's dragging behind the plane and Bruce Willis like lights the fuel on fire and blows up the plane and then cackles like a fucking madman because he's a psycho. Um, There's such a psychotic moment. Yeah. And he he says like, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Lights it up. Yeah. And th- it's an action movie, though. I Come know on. it's an action movie. Come on. Tell me, like, uh, just the, the, the way that fire races towards a plane that's taking off. Mm. Oh, I also want to know, and we've had this conversation before, I think, like, off air about um, f- uh, Fast and the Furious 6. Where the plane is the taking plane off is taking off. The plane is just driving for so long. Mm. <laughs> like, there's no runway that exists that's that long. <laughs> yeah. Like, there was someone for, fun, for uh, Fast and the Furious 6 who did the calculations of, like, if the plane is traveling at this speed. Yeah, yeah. And, blah, 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 blah. and then they, like, referenced the, uh, the speed that equaled the distance over all airports in the country to see yeah, if yeah. there was an airport that had a runway. It's like... 
that the, the runway is like five or six times longer than the longest runway in the right. country. Kind of thing. <laughs> uh, I think Mythbusters did an episode or a thing about can you do exactly what McLean does? Like yeah, they, right. They tested that exact scene. And? It doesn't work. No. Oh, in the snow. I would imagine the snow would be... Yeah, snow wouldn't help. Snow wouldn't help because it wouldn't be very much liquid anymore. It would be sort of slushy. Yeah. And I, I thought that, that wouldn't be possible, but then I'm like, oh, maybe it's like it's jet fuel, which is like mm, especially yeah. combustible. Can't melt steel beams, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have reference. Myth <laughs> busted. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Okay, so just... Um, that fight scene at the end with McLean on the on the wing of the plane, when he gets the commando chief into the the jet propeller, and then the other guy who has, you know, a machine gun in his hand, and then when it's his turn to fight John, all of a sudden just has a knife. I feel like they, they sort of set him up as a, this judo master from one scene at the start of the movie. Mm. He does some sick kicks. Does he even attack anyone else? He does like two kicks at the end. Yeah. But does he even have to kill anyone throughout the movie? I don't I think don't so. Know. My whole, this whole movie is just blurred into. So when he shows up as like, okay, well, I'm Hans choosing. Gruber, Hans Gruber doesn't fight in the first one. No, but they've sort of set this guy up as but a Hans judo Gruber guy. Hans Gruber is like the intellectual. Yeah. Um, like, that's his. His stick is he's just like, you know, like he's like a, the chess player mm. villain. Yeah. Like, this guy they set up as being, like, one, he's, like, ex-military, super hard. Yeah. And then... <laughs> he's super, super hard. hard. <laughs> uh, You're and- my kind of asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a, I'm your kind of asshole. <laughs> I'm, I'm your I'm kind of asshole. asshole. You're, You're my, my kind of asshole. We're <laughs> <laughs> just going to jerk these cocksuckers <laughs> off into the flames. <laughs> Actual lines from Die Hard 2, Die Harder. Could that not have been like something that you just blended in like a fever dream Mm. when you fell asleep? No, no. This was when I rewatched it today. (laughs) I think it should have been called- You don't remember these lines? Yeah, no. It should have been called Die Hard 2, Get Hard. (laughs) Get Harder. Mm. So hard. Rock hard. Okay, so- uh, Ranking? Ranking. Rank them up. One, two. One, two. Um, <laughs> hang on. One, two. One, two. One, yeah. One, I think one, we two, can look yeah. forward to three at least. Mm. Apparently, it was written as a script for Lethal Weapon. Oh, that's mm. actually what I should say. All of these movies so far have been other things before the Die Hard. Mm. So, yeah. Die Hard 1 was originally going to be a sequel to this movie, The Detective. Mm-hmm. Die Hard 2 was written just as a, another book completely unrelated mm. and Fox got the rights to it and said this might work for Die Hard. Yeah. And yeah, Die Hard Three was a like Lethal Weapon mm. uh, script that got so all of Die these. Hard, Die Hard Four was a spec script. Someone yeah. just wrote an action movie. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and don't know about Die Hard Five, but it wouldn't surprise me. It yeah, it's funny thing. though. Like as franchises go, that like almost every step of the way, none of these movies were Die, Die Hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what Die Hard is is, is Bruce not- Willis's John McClane. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the original Die Hard, what makes that movie so good mm. is Hans Gruber. Mm. And it's a shame they had to kill him. Like, I, I don't know. 
Sort of like a Voldemort sort of thing. <laughs> cool if he was still around. Mm, it's a shame. Mm. Yeah, in a Lazarus pit. But very interesting that, in uh, yeah, nothing was originally Die Hard. But I guess they thought, you know, John McClane is such a strong character, we can adapt him yeah. to any situation. Yep. Yeah. Which works. Well, they just dilute what the character is because he, like you said, is supposed to be the in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm. Um, and like as the series goes on, it seems like he's gone from that to being just like the guy that you get and send into the wrong place. Regardless no, no, of whether he's no, there no, or no. Not. It's definitely he's wrong place, wrong time. Three and four, and then five is the one where it switches completely. Yeah, right. What disappears from three onwards, I think, is the wife. Being in peril, I think. Is yeah. she married? Is the wife in peril in the third one? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think she's on the scene. She's out. She's gone. The other thing I, about his kids. The other thing kids. I just wanted to mention about Die Hard 2 is that it was directed by Rennie Harlan, which is significant because he also directed one of my favorite shark movies, Deep Blue Sea. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. There we go. Mm. And Great what is team. what is Deep Blue Sea if not Die Hard Underwater? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, should we really quickly jump into some loosely related recommendations? <laughs> All right, you think on this goal because you never think on it beforehand. No, 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 no. I uh, yeah, okay. Do you, um, do you I'll go her? first. Yep. I got a quick one. How do you guys feel about Leslie Nielsen? Uh, good. Good? Yeah. Yeah, generally generally pretty good. Did I'm you naked. ever see Leslie Nielsen's Spy Hard? No. Oh, well, probably. I think probably. So. I can't yeah, remember it all. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it for a long time, but just watching this reminded me of Spy Hard because <laughs> <laughs> of the similarities in the names. Is- and I reckon it's worth going back to have a look at. If only for Weird Al's opening theme song, which is like Weird Al's version. So Spy of Hard is like movie. a James Bond ripoff, right? Yeah, yeah. It's more James Bond than um, Die Hard, but there's probably <laughs> shades of it. He's got so, so many shit movies out there. Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, yeah. And I think there were some that I would just go back week after week and rent mm, again. Yeah, and again yeah, yeah. Video I think I might have had Spy Hard on VHS. Have you guys ever watched like any of Leslie Nielsen's like legit performances before he was no. just spoof guy? Like no, he's no. in, um, is it Forgotten World? No. What's the one with the big robot? Um, Wild Wild West. <laughs> the like the fifties one, the iconic Transformer. one. Transformer. Robbie the robot. He's picking up the lady. Oh, um, uh, Forgotten Planet. Isn't it? Something Planet. Lost planet? in Space? No, Something Planet. I Forgotten. feel like it's Forbidden Planet. Forbidden Forbidden Planet. Yeah. Thank you. Was that a cartoon or not? No, that was a movie. Oh, okay. For some reason, the cover is a Maybe from the 50s or the 60s. Yeah, it's, a, and it's like an illustrated cover. Okay. Um, Leslie Nielsen is like the young kind of like uh, captain in that movie, ah, played completely yeah. straight. And yeah. it's so weird to mm. watch him like- like he's quite handsome when he's younger as yeah, well. Yeah. Like I only know him as like pure white hair. Yeah, yeah. totally. He's like Steve yeah. Martin or something. Like, mm. <laughs> yeah. Is uh, he a good actor? Yeah, he's serviceable. He's fine. Mm. Or was it Spy Hard? When was Spy it released? Hard. I want to say ninety six. Okay, it's the number I'm throwing out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually like in, a movie that I enjoyed much more than it deserved to be enjoyed was like Scary Movie Four, mm. where he is like the president of the United States. <laughs> yeah, and there's this one so like, Charlie Sheen, right? Yeah, there's this one just like fucking 
terrible joke in it. It's just like, it's the only thing that stuck with me from that movie and it still makes me laugh. There's like, a so Scary Movie 4 is like a um, kind of like signs and alien horror movie uh-huh. one. Uh, and there's a bit where they have like the standard kind of like aliens that look like the blob dolls with the big eyes. Uh, and they come down and they're like, are pissing out their fingers, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Leslie Nielsen, as the president of of uh, the world of US, goes, "Oh, so they pee like we do," and then he just pisses out his fingers. <laughs> and I don't know why, but that just, I, that was just, I just made me laugh for so long. <laughs> There's always one or two jokes in those movies that it just comes yeah, out as so like feel yeah, and it just yeah, gets yeah, yeah. you. Like it's not even that funny, but it just gets you. Yeah, um, I love those movies. You got one yet or you want me to go? Uh, you go, you go. All right. <laughs> He's got one, but you go first. Uh, so re-watching Die Hard just reminded me uh, of how similar it is to Gremlins 2, A New Batch. Ooh. Have you guys seen that? No. You haven't seen Gremlins 2? I haven't seen 2? Gremlins 1. You guys it haven't was seen- actually like uh, the other franchise I was going to recommend. Mm. Mm. Right behind Die Hard. Fuck Gremlins if, too. If Rickman didn't pass away, then yeah. yeah. Well, I'm not going to talk too much about Gremlins too because I think we will do it for the show. But um, it's a very similar premise. Uh, but basically, there's the super high tech office building that people get locked into because mm. Gremlins are released. Ah, yeah. uh, in- okay. Instead of there being a terrorist attack, there's right. a Gremlin attack essentially. And there were there are like just several moments in the movie where I was just watching Die Hard and going, oh, fuck, I wish I was watching Gremlins 2. Because <laughs> Gremlins 2 is, like, just, like, one of the best. Oh, really? It's as good as the... Better than the second one? Oh, it's better the than the first one. one. Yeah. It's definitely better really? than the first okay. one. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Uh, Joe Dante, who directed, like, Small Soldiers and stuff. Um, mm. Yeah, excellent. I won't go into too much detail, but... Gremlins Gremlins 2. two. I guess it's my turn Gremlins for a, a recommendation. yeah. What do you recommend, Cole? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to loosely relate. The only thing that's sticking in my mind for some reason is that touch screen from the um from the Die Hard One. From yeah, Die Hard One. In the lobby. Um so like if you <laughs> they should have called it a die pad. <laughs> <laughs> so just go out like has anyone See? used an iPad here? Yeah, fantastic. What? Is that a recommendation, Cam? iPads. You, <laughs> you want to tell you something I've watched? I've been traveling for a month. I haven't even seen anything. You've seen stuff. Okay. Say a thing and then I'll you've find really, a way. You've okay. really Say a thing and I'll relate it. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, this is a good thing that I saw, actually. Okay. I saw um, the Book of Mormon. Oh, did you see that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, oh, cool. cool. That's, Which I was... I that in... Uh, it maybe didn't have me in stitches as much as I thought it might, mm. but there were some moments where I was... Yeah. Pissing myself. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's coming to Australia. It's, it's so. very good. Mm. Yeah. So can you loosely relate that? So uh, it's the Book of Mormon and who's more manly <laughs> oh, than Bruce Willis and Die Hard. Oh, damn. <laughs> no one. <laughs> That's who. Yeah. Uh, should, should we do a, another one of those sequel? I feel like that is something that I, I want to contribute to this time. Okay. You want to do, do a Deep Blue sequel? I want to do a sequel poster. Wild Wild West 2? To Wild Wild West 2. <laughs> East meets West. All right. So uh, we did this one segment uh, a few episodes 
a go and we're going to do a, a sequel to that segment. All right. Deep blue sequels. <laughs> uh, so in the next episode, we'll come back with a sequel idea for a movie that doesn't have a sequel, which is a shame. Uh, which that is, is a shame. Wild yeah. Wild West, mm. completely underrated movie in my book. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it's one of the only steampunk. I really genuinely good steampunk movies. Out. I can't, I can never seem to convince anyone else of this, but like I legitimately very very much enjoyed that movie. Mm. Well, like look what you get when with. Um, Will Smith, you get a guy who's a fantastic actor, <laughs> but also going to deliver you. He's a like, triple threat. A hit, a hit, sing, a hit single he's along like, with a movie. Like as he's negotiating his price, he's like, not only do you yeah. get my acting skills, but, but wait, you get there's the more. hit single. You get the song. It's a that's a good proposition. Yeah. Mm. Um, sweet. All right. Well, we'll come back next week, uh, next fortnight rather, uh, with Wild Wild West two. Uh, and in the meantime, if you want to jump on our Facebook page, give us your ideas for Wild Wild West 2. We'll bring them back, Big Willie style. We need the... Are we going to go straight to Die Hard the rest? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, let's yeah. do it. Sweet. And we'll throw it in at the end. Yeah. Cool. Big Wheel. <laughs> wiki Wild. Uh, wiki so Wiki Wild. Wild West. Jim West. Desperado. Rough Rider. No, no, we don't want that. No, no, this six brothers in front of this puffin' no soldier. Just like, like I told, told you. Any damsel that's in distress, be out of that dress when you need your West. Oh, yeah, we can't put that in. <laughs> it's going in. We can and we will. It's going to the top. Uh, Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're still listening, thanks for listening. Uh, jump on the Facebook page. Uh, go to franchisewiththat.com for all the links and all that jazz. Send us an email, mail at franchisewiththat.com. Uh, and, hey, tell your friends. If you think there's someone who might enjoy it, because our listens are down. <laughs> <laughs> You're not that. supposed to say that, oh, sorry. No, no, sorry. No, no. Sorry, the they're way up. Are... They're way up. There's yep. almost too many listeners. So if you've yeah. got a friend who's listening, tell them to stop. No. Is that any better? No. Keep no, listening. There's too many listens. Our server um, costs are going through the roof. Yeah. So just, uh, yeah, but no, seriously, tell your friends. Um, and just before we wrap up, I wanted to give a quick shout out to someone at this table. Ooh. I want to say thanks to Callan for tirelessly producing this show every week, oh, putting it together, editing, posting, all that jazz. Even setting up the table while I rock up and the mic's already set up. Here. Well, I, I, I did that. But- <laughs> <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Jack for fantastic setting up the table. <laughs> and I want to give a shout out to Cole. <laughs> <laughs> We're going back from London. See you next time, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. We go with Drake to the Wild Wild West. (laughs) Big wheel. (laughs) Let's go with it. When I roll the door.